Good morning and welcome to the Berean Post devotional podcast, where we take a deep dive into the scriptures to find new insights and practical application for our modern lives. I'm your host, Duane, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you with us today. Each day we'll explore a different passage from the Bible, unpacking its meaning and exploring how it can guide our lives for today. So grab your Bible, your favorite drink, and get ready for an exciting journey of discovery. And if you want to stay up to date on all of our latest podcasts and blogs, be sure to check out brilliantpost.ca. Also, join our Facebook group where we call ourselves Bright Future Bible Freaks, and we have a lot of fun there together. But right now, we're going to get started and jump right into today's devotional. Good morning. And welcome to another episode of the Berean Post Bible Podcast. For those of you that have been following along, you know we have been going through the book of 1 Corinthians, and we are in chapter 2, verses 10 to 12. Paul has just been talking about things that have been hidden, uh, that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the mind of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And then he goes on to say here, I'm just going to jump right in, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what a man knows, the things of man, except the spirit of man within him. Even so, no one knows the things of God, except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We can't help but notice the little statements or comments made in Scripture without, without doing our best to understand what's being said by those comments or statements. In other words, we, we can't just um, read over things when it comes to Bible passages. In this text, Paul mentions the word spirit when referring to three things. First, he speaks of the spirit of God, and we spoke about this in our last devotional, so you can go back and listen to that if you need to. But the spirit of God, we uh, we recognize that to be the Holy Spirit that is promised, that is the promised person Jesus said he would send. The Holy Spirit would come in Jesus' place to live in the believers and aid them in their Christian walk. But in this text, Paul also mentions the spirit of man that resides in man. In addition, he makes reference to the spirit of the world. Well, today we're going to look briefly at what he means by the spirit of man. So what is the spirit of man? You know, in some Christian traditions, the terms spirit and soul are used interchangeably to refer to that immaterial or spiritual aspect of a human that continues to exist after physical death. According to this view, the the spirit or the soul is the eternal or transcendent part of a person that connects with God and experiences the afterlife. In other Christian circles, they make a distinction um, between the spirit and the soul, understanding them as distinct but interconnected aspects of human nature. (coughs) Excuse me. And, of course, this is the the view that we would hold to. That is to say that the spirit is the deepest core 
of the person's being um, and it's related to their capacity for communication with God and the after admit the um, the life animating force or what I would say the the breath of life and that, while at the same time the soul of the individual would incorporate things like personality emotional emotions thoughts and self-awareness however uh, we would be um, also the first to admit that trying to make a definitive distinction between spirit and soul can be can be difficult and yet the Bible specifically says that the Word of God can make that distinction that distinction rather in Hebrews 4:12. Uh, the author says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Again, we have a passage in, in Luke where after Mary is told that she will bear the Messiah, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in my God. That's in Luke chapter 1 verses 46 and 47. And then lastly, we have Paul again writing to the Thessalonians where he says, um, and that's this is in Thessalonians 5.23 by the way, he says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. So these verses mention the spirit, soul, and body as distinct components, implying that they're separate aspects of um, our human existence, separate from, for instance, our, the spirit. So the spirit of man and the, and the breath of life. It's interesting that when the Bible speaks of the triunity of man, it always refers to the spirit, soul, and body, and in that order. Even in the first account when God created man, it starts with, uh, God starts by breathing into the clay the breath or the, the breath of life or the spirit, which we interpret as that spirit that animates the body. According to the following text, combining the breath of life into the clay formed from the ground resulted in Adam becoming a living soul. So in Genesis 2.7 it says, and, and the Lord God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being or soul depending on the translation that you're reading. We also have an account in Job uh, 27 verse 3 where he says, as long as my breath is in me and the breath of my God in my nostrils, and I take that to be again the, the spirit uh, of man that allows him to to live. Job 33, um, so Job 33, 4 says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. And this goes back to the reference that we had in Genesis 2, 7. We've got a couple more here I just want to run by you. One's in Psalms 104. It says, You hide your face, and they are, uh, they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and return to the dust you send forth your spirit they are created and you renew the faith face of the earth so here again we have the idea of breath being taken away and people dying and i would argue again that that breath is that breath of life that breath that spirit that uh, that's in man that allows him to be animated to live a little more than that but let's read the last text here and it's just found in uh, Ecclesiastics it says then 
the dust will talking about man after he dies he says the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God who gave it so we argue that every person is a candle and that the flame represents living consciousness and the breath of life and it's gifted to every man who enters the world this verse describes the relationship these verses rather describe the relationship between the breath of life and the spirit of man in the context of life and death but what does Paul mean in this context so in keeping with the letters context Paul highlights the distinction between human and divine knowledge he begins by stating that only the spirit of man within him truly knows the things about that individual so here the spirit of man refers to the innermost part of a person's being their inner their inner self or consciousness it represents a deep and personal understanding that everyone has of themselves their thoughts experiences and their intentions yet we would hold that the soul is the seat of the mind's will and emotions hence we said earlier that trying to make a sharp distinction between the spirit and the soul is difficult it seems that many passages make that distinction between them still the apostle then draws a parallel between human knowledge and knowledge of God so just as no one can fully know and understand the thoughts and the experience of another person except through their own spirit likewise no one can fully comprehend and know the thoughts and ways of God except through the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God Paul emphasizes the need for the Holy Spirit who has um, intimate knowledge of God uh, to reveal and to impart understanding about God's nature and purposes to believers Paul's using an analogy of human understanding to explain that just as a person's inner thought provides insight into their own thoughts and experiences the Spirit of God is necessary to understand the deep things of God it underscores the need for a spiritual connection with God through the Holy Spirit to gain true knowledge and understanding of him well from our passage this morning we can recognize just as the spirit of man can provide insight into our own thoughts and experiences we need the spirit of God to understand the deep things of God may we foster a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit through prayer meditation and the study of God's Word and today may we invite the Holy Spirit to guide and reveal God's truth to us thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Brian post podcast I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit brianpost.ca and subscribe. Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of Bright Future Bible Freaks on Facebook. Until next time, may peace and blessings abound in your home. Thank you.